Would you turn, please, in the Scriptures to two openings, Hebrews chapter 2, then I believe we'll go to Proverbs chapter 3. We began a few weeks ago on a subject we're calling pay attention. Anybody remember that? We've had several things in between our segments of this. But uh, what we've been talking about is mentioned in these verses. In Hebrews 2 and verse 1, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Hebrews 2 and 1. It says, since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Lest in any way we drift past them. And slip away. For if the message given through angels was authentic and proved sure, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate penalty, how shall we escape if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation? So, uh, for it was it was declared at first by the Lord Himself; it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard Him speak. He says we ought to pay close attention to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them. The King James says, let them slip. Getting the things of God is not automatic. We live in a very distracting place. That's all we've ever known. But I'm confident that as soon as we get out of here, we're just going to be amazed at how dark and convoluted this place was. It's not God's will that it be this way. It's the result of man's rebellion and man's sin and the enemy's work. And Satan has become the God of this world. And the whole world is lying under the power of the evil one. Those last two phrases are quotes from the New Testament. So it's dark. The curse is pervasive. Evil is pervasive. Darkness is here. And Jesus has come and is the light of the world. Hallelujah. And all those that have received him and have been born again are now the light of the world. Is that true? We are are the light of the world. People are supposed to see something in us other than darkness and confusion and evil. Is that right? So uh, that being the case of our environment, in order to... Find the things of God and hold on to them and pursue them, you have to develop powers of focus and a tenacity. Because if you're easily distracted or easily deterred, you'll miss it. It'll be taken from you. How many remember the the parable of the sower where the seed that was sown on the wayside ground? 
And the Bible said the fowl of the air came and devoured it up. It never got in the ground. Why? Well, if you go to Matthew, it says they didn't understand it. Why didn't they understand it? He talked about in the same passages, take heed what you hear. What would we say today? (laughs) Pay attention or pay close attention. Why would it be necessary to say that? Pay attention. Because lest, he said, we should let it get past us. Let me read that again in the Amplified. Verse 1, Hebrews 2.1. We ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we've heard. Lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. I know I saw this demonstrated one night. Oh, this has been 20 years ago. A young man that we knew was having difficulty. A lot of problems in his life. And we were we allowed him to live with us for a little while. And uh, during this time, of course, we took him to church with us and, and read the word to him, prayed with him. And we were sitting on, it would have been that side of the auditorium and about three rows back. And uh, this young man was sitting right beside me. And the pastor who was pastor of the church we were going to, he, uh, he was ministering on a, a topic. And all at once, he started talking about something that's, that almost sounded unrelated to his message. And he walked over toward the side where we were. And I knew he didn't know this young man. He didn't know anything about the situation. But the Spirit of God through him for the next five minutes, addressed perfectly and and talked about the issue and the problem and gave the answer from the Word of God. Hallelujah. And what to do. It was just marvelous in my eyes because I knew the situation and I knew this man didn't know. But... When he started to come over and talk about that, at the very beginning of it, there was some kind of little disruption in the back of the auditorium. Not a big deal. And this young man turned completely around and was looking at that. And as a couple of minutes went by, I thought, he's missing this. And I I wanted to reach over and tap him. And the Lord said, no, no, leave him alone. Just watch this. So I did, and just as the pastor finished talking about it and turned and resumed, this young man turned back around. And I realized the enemy distracted him, and he didn't even hear it. Here I am marveling about what the Lord is doing for this young man, and I I would guess there are other people in the building, it was for them too, but... We say that sometimes, it was just for me. Boy, it it looked to me like it was just for him. But uh, I don't know that he heard a word of it. I don't think he heard a word of it. When we got back home, I asked him a question or two and I could tell. He wasn't even aware. It was like the man never even said anything. The enemy of our souls is a master of distraction. 
And if you don't develop powers of focus, you won't get things and things that the Lord's even saying and doing around you will get right past you. Do we need to pay attention? Now, not to everything, but when it's the Lord. Come on, you with me. When it's anything that he's saying or doing, everything else needs to be shut off, turned off, ignored, and we need to give this full focus and full attention. Why? Because it's not that it's so hard to understand, it's because everything in this realm is trying to prevent us from hearing it and seeing it and understanding it. The, the Spirit of God actually makes it simple. He's the perfect teacher. He knows what you'll understand and what you won't. So it's not that it's hard to get. I've had people tell me, oh, the Bible, I I can't understand the Bible. I mean, I'm no theologian. That's such a lie of the enemy. You got to remember who your teacher is. You got the author of the book who's working with you one-on-one, 24-7. He knows everything about how you think. He's going to give you examples and language that clicks perfectly for you. You can't. I want you, everybody say this out loud. I want you to say it like you mean it. I can, I can understand, understand the, word the Word of God. You got the author in you to teach you 24-7. But what it does require is perseverance. Because me, you, any of us, you'll read something and, and, you know, maybe the King James is a little hard for you or, or whatever it is, but you'll read it and you'll just, you'll read it five times and your head's going, duh, I don't have a clue. It's not because it's hard to understand. It's because you're in a world of darkness and the enemy's trying to hinder you. What you got to do is make up your mind, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. And you focus in on it. And you just pay closer attention and you lean in and you read it again. Come on, are you with me? And you listen again. Now, when you have done that and you saw it, was it amazingly complicated when you saw it? No. Have you ever thought, why didn't I see that already? It's so simple and yet it's so powerful. Well, why didn't you see it? It's not because you're dumb or slow or dull. It's not because God's hiding it from you. It's because everything in this world we live in is trying to keep you from getting it. Distractions. How many have noticed there are distractions everywhere? Everywhere. Your own flesh will distract you. Your own unrenewed mind will distract you. And other people will distract you if you let them. You just got to make up your mind. I'm getting this. Seek and you shall find. Is that right? Make up your mind. The Lord said, you seek for me with all your heart. You'll find me. He said, he that comes to God, he must believe that he is. And he must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently. Is that right? It's not just going to fall on you. 
Well, if God wants me to see it, I guess he'll, he'll show it to me. Why do you think he gave you this book? Why do you think he gave you the Holy Spirit? Why do you think he has people preaching on this everywhere? He wants you to get it. But you can't be passive about it. You've got to go after it. Right? We, we talked about this earlier reading in, in fact, you can go there to Proverbs. In reading the first chapters, one through four and five in particular, he, he talks about wisdom. He said, wisdom is crying in the streets. What's it saying? Listen to me. Pay attention to me. Let me tell you something. Let me teach you something here. And in the, uh, the third chapter, Proverbs 3, he said in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will happen? In how many of your ways? How often do we need to be checking in with Him? How frequently do we need to ask Him which way to go, what to do? So you get in trouble when you assume, oh, I got this. I've got, Lord, if it gets, if it gets big, I'll, I'll check in with you. But I got this. Yeah, you're about to mess up. And then find out later. Even when you're sure you know, ask. Humility asks. Pride assumes. Pride assumes. The humble get grace. Another way of saying that is they get help. The proud get resisted. They don't get to help. When you say, I don't need it, I got it, I don't need it, you won't get help. And then you'll find out later how much you messed up. But humility is checking in with the Lord all the time. And you don't have to stop and pray for three hours uh, on that particular thing. Just check your insides. Just check. Just check. Lord, what should I do on this? Don't try to hear an audible voice. Don't try to see an angel. Just, just check on the inside. Now, uh, go with me. I won't take any more time here. There's so much of this in Proverbs. But, but go with me to Romans, the 8th chapter, please. Romans chapter 8. I believe the Lord's helping us again more than we know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Sons of God can be and ought to be led by the Spirit of God as opposed to all the rest of the stuff. If you're led by price, you're not led by the Spirit. If you're led by pressure, by deadlines, you're not led by the Spirit. Most people on the planet are not led by the Spirit. They are making their plans, they're making their decisions by all these things that they're seeing and hearing and leaning to their own understanding, but they're not asking Him. And again, a lot of things seem, well, it's obvious, that's what I should do. Ask, ask, because a lot of things are not obvious. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Read the very next verse. For 
You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Something else is trying to lead you. Fear. Fear will try to lead you. I don't have to ask if you've ever been led by fear. I'm sure you have. Fear. Hurry up, hurry up. It's got to be done. And just go do it without checking, without asking. Well, if we don't do this, we're going to run out. If we don't do this, Phyllis and I remarked about this just this week. There was something that we we needed to purchase and and uh, you know, wanting to not waste any money in doing it and, and check the prices of some things. And one, they were having this great sale. And uh, it was, uh, you know, what, 40% off, I guess it was. Well, that sounds good. And so uh, we had other things going, so it really wasn't a convenient time to do this, but you don't want to miss that, that sale. <laughs> and so... She began to, to head that way, and then she just had a check. No, check this. Well, she checked something else, come to find out wasn't as good a sale as she thought it was. And it was going to be available at the same price for the rest of the, for several weeks and longer, so it's no pressure. Come on, can you see this? But why, why do you feel that push? You, you got fear, you're going to spend too much. Fear you're going to miss a deal. Fear. Y'all with me? And if you're led by that fear, that is how you will miss it. Because if you're led by fear, you're not being led by the Spirit of God. You or me. Anytime you feel pressure, balk at it. My father in the faith, Kenneth, Hagen Sr., who's in heaven now. We were around them for 20 plus years. And I've seen this. People would start to try to push him on something. This has got this deadline. We got this, the other. And he'd like sit down in the middle of the road. You know, like a mule, it wouldn't move. Why? I, you, you don't understand why spiritual people do some things they do. And it took me years to see why he was doing this. He recognized that something's trying to push him and lead him other than the Holy Spirit. And he had trained himself not to respond to it and not move until he's heard from the Lord. And when you've heard from the Lord, it is not this push, 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 pressure, pressure, fear thing. He's the spirit of peace. God didn't give us. The spirit of fear. And that's what this says right here. We've not received. The spirit of bondage again to fear. And that's what fear does to you. If you follow fear. You wind up in bondage. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry Abba Father. The spirit. The Holy Spirit's called the comforter. What does it mean, the spirit of adoption? Well, spirit of adoption makes you feel like you belong. Comfortable. Like you belong. Peaceful. Tranquil. 
settled. Anytime you sense this rush. Well, this is good to be talking about around this time of the year, isn't it? You, you sense this, this push and this demand and got to do it, got to do it, got to do it now. You, you need to just say, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need to be led by this. Come on, say it out loud. I refuse, I refuse to, be to be led by pressure, by, pressure, by time constraints, by, time constraints by, needs, by needs, by desires, by, desires, by, schedules, by schedules, by other people. By other people. I, refuse I refuse to be led, to be led by fear. By fear. What are you going to be led by instead? The Holy Spirit. He'll have, if I listen to him, I'm not going to miss it. The thing I thought was so pressing, a lot of times you'll find out, wasn't pressing at all. Didn't need to be dealing with it anyway. The thing you thought, got to do, got to do, got to do, got to get it now, got to get it now. You find out later, no, that ain't the best one. and ain't the best deal. But fear, fear of missing it. Fear of missing out, fear of losing, fear of coming behind, of being late. All these things are fear. And it's the enemy trying to lead you. And he's not going to lead you into the blessing. He's not going to lead you into the will of God. He's going to lead you into a bad place. And you will experience loss. Your fears will come on you. So you've got to make up your mind. You're not going to be led by that. Go with me to 1 John 4th chapter. 1 John 4 and 4. I'm reading the Amplified. 1 John 4, 4. He said, little children, you're of God and have defeated and overcome them. Because he who lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. Is that true? You know, the devil ain't what he cracks himself up to be. He is a stripped, brought to naught, eternally defeated, under our feet one. Is that true? And the mighty one is not the one who's roaring against you. The mighty one is the one who's inside you. Come on, say it out loud. The big one, the mighty one. The wiser one, the stronger one, the greater one is in me. Is in me. And it does good to say that frequently. Just say it out loud. Say it frequently. Say it. Say it in your home. Say it in your car. Greater ones in me. Well, greater how? In every way. Greater in wisdom. Greater in knowledge. Greater in power. Greater. Greater. Greater ones in me. Verse 5. They proceed from the world and are of the world. Talking about those that are against you. Therefore it is out of the world that they speak. And the world listens and pays attention to them. Keep reading. We are of God. Whoever is learning to know God listens to us. 
reason I skipped the parenthesis is because that's not in the text. <laughs> listens to us, and he who is not of God does not listen or pay attention to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What you listen to shows who you're of. Can you see this? He said they don't, they don't listen to God and they don't listen to us because they're not of God. But the one who is of God listens to him, listens to us because God's talking through us. And he said you can distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error by seeing this. We want to identify the right spirit, the greater one in us, and follow him. And we want to identify the wrong spirits trying to mislead us. So there is that which we need to pay attention to and close attention to. But there is also that we must not pay attention to. Not listen to. Not give heed to. What if Adam and Eve had refused to listen to the serpent. What if the moment the enemy started speaking through the serpent? I mean, in the moment they, that, that he said, has God said? They said, shut up and get out. None of your business. That's between us and God. But just let me know. I said, leave now. <laughs> then he would have never had the opportunity to sow the evil seed of rebellion into them. Can you see this? Listening to things we shouldn't listen to allows the enemy the opportunity to sow a bad seed in us. May not show up at the moment. But a seed, though small, can begin to grow. And at some point later in your life, if you, if you keep thinking about it, keep listening to it, it grows. Till it becomes a governing factor in your thinking and believing. And, and you act on it. And you reap a destructive harvest. Do you wish there are some things in your life... That you wished you had never heard. You had never even heard it. Because you never heard it. You don't have to deal with it. That which you've never heard. You don't have to keep contending with casting it down. Casting it down. Because you never heard it. To start with. <laughs> We're talking about some good things here tonight. You can't change all the past, but you can certainly change tomorrow. Is that right? You can change what goes on tomorrow. Go with me to 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy 1. There's a great truth, spiritual law and principle, that whatever we give attention to, is what has place in us. 
Whatever we give attention to is what can get in us and work in us. In 1 Timothy 1, won't you, we're just going to read a, three or four verses here at least. 1 Timothy 1, 4, he says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Are there things, well, back up to verse 4, are there things we should not give heed to? We should not listen to it. Even at the risk of somebody thinking we're rude. We shouldn't listen to it. Yeah, but I just want to. No, I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. Well, 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 you can at least let me explain. That's what they did with the enemy in the garden. They let him explain. They allowed him to explain and finish what he's talking about. (laughs) Why did they do it? Adam and Eve were brilliant. These are not caveman, cavewoman with a club and a spear grunting at each other. They're made in the likeness and image of the Almighty. He comes down every day and communes with them. That means they understand what he's talking to them about. They are communing on his level. Don't you believe in evolution, Brother Keith? I do not. I believe in devolution. Man has not evolved to the amazing place he's in now. Man has devolved from being godlike to, in many cases, acting like animals today. We have not evolved to this level. We've devolved to this level. Oh, but in Christ. I said, in Christ. You get brought back up. (laughs) Sons of God. Led by the Spirit of God. Is that not communing with God? If He's leading you. If He's talking to you. You're understanding on His level. One of his levels. (laughs) But he warns here, don't give heed. What does that mean? How would we say that? Don't listen to it. Don't pay attention to it. Right? Certainly don't act on it. Don't give heed to what he mentions, some things that were going through the church. Genealogies. People were into, heavily into genealogies. At this time. He said quit that. Quit listening to that. Why? He said notice the effect it's having on you. Once you get through studying all this stuff. Where are you? Full of questions. (laughs) Full of questions. If the more you get into it. The more questions you have. And that's just how it goes month after month. You need to quit listening to that. Because when you're hearing the right thing, it ministers godly edifying in faith. 
You hear it, and even if you don't understand it all, it don't just fill you with questions. It fills you with faith. It builds you up. It edifies you. It strengthens you. And when you hear something that builds you up and edifies you and puts faith into you, hear it again. Download it. Get the hard copy. Right? Hear it again. Hear it 25 times. Hear it 100 times. Why? Because it's doing something for you. It's feeding you. If it's feeding your spirit, it's not just the words of a man or a woman. Might have come through a vessel, but it's God talking to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's building you up. Edifying you in faith. There are things that are poisonous to us and damaging to us spiritually. And we're foolish if we listen to it. If we listen to people elaborate on it, ponder it and talk about it. I believe one of the, well I know, one of the things where Adam and Eve missed it. Because they were so brilliant. They thought they could listen to this without any ill effect. They thought, oh, we, we know. You know, we're not going to mess up here. And they underestimated. They underestimated the cunning, the cleverness of the enemy. And by the very act of deciding to listen to him and let him present the case, they're already showing they're weaker than they thought they were. If they were as strong as they imagined themselves to be, they'd have shut him down just like that and put him out of there. They're already yielding before they acted on it, giving him a chance, an opportunity to sow these bad seeds, to consider that God might not have had their best interest at heart. To consider that God was withholding something good from them. To consider that an act of rebellion could put them in a better place. To even consider it. It's already working. There's a lot of things we don't need to hear. We don't need to see. We don't need to talk about. People say, what are you, afraid you can't handle it? Not afraid, but concerned, yeah. (laughs) And if you think you're so smart, you're not. You're already half deceived. We're talking about a being and beings that have been around, not millennia. We don't know how long they've been around. You and I have been around how long? We know so little. We cannot go toe-to-toe reasoning with the enemy. That's exactly what he wants you to do. He'll play with you. He, he'll, he'll quote halves of scriptures. He'll talk about what he knows you don't know. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? He, he, he's, been, he's had his representatives following you around listening to you and trying to build a case against you. He knows what you don't know and what your weak spots are. And if you listen to him, you're, you're in trouble. And if you keep listening to it, giving heed. See, what could be wrong with genealogies? Notice what it was prefaced by. 
fables and genealogies. Beware of Christian fiction. Yeah, you heard me. Beware. I mean, the terms don't even go together. Christian fiction. You know the problem with fiction? You can forget. It's fiction. You knew it was fiction when you first started reading it or watching it. But after a while you go, yeah, but you know, that's a whole lot like real life. Yeah. And that's a whole lot like, and that could be uh, what the Bible's talking about. And that could be, it ain't. It's not. It's fiction. Somebody dreamed it up, made it up. (laughs) It's no wonder that so many people don't go to church. It's not. So much of the stuff they hear through churches and ministers and ministries is junk. It is made up junk. It contradicts the Bible. It's not true. It's not real. It doesn't work. And I'm not judging anybody. The only way you can be free is to get the truth. The real truth. Hallelujah. And the only way you're going to get the truth and stay in the truth is get your nose in this book. Night and day. Come on, are you listening to me? Night and day. And listen to the author who's on the inside of you. Because Jesus said he will guide you into all the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then and only then. And if you listen to all this other stuff, you're continually confused. What about this? What, What about this? Just come back to this simple thing. Where is it in the word? Where? And if you can't find it, quit listening to it. If it's not there, not just in a half a verse that somebody twisted, multiple places throughout the word. If it's not there, stop listening to it. He said, quit listening to fiction and genealogies. Am I quoting scriptures? Quit listening to fiction and endless genealogies. (laughs) How many think we ought to act on the Word of God? (laughs) Titus, he says it again in Titus 1.14. This is the Amplified. Titus 1.14. He says, ceasing to give attention to Jewish myths and fables or to rules laid down by men who reject and turn their backs on the truth. Beware. Of study sources in addition to the word. Treating them as though they were scriptures. Allowing doctrines to be developed on somebody's commentary. Some rabbi's commentary. Or some elder or theologian's commentary. Beware. Beware. It's not the word. Well, yes, but they learned through tradition and they, yeah, but where'd they get it? It's been handed down orally for 500 years. But how you know the guy 500 years ago wasn't just off the rail? (laughs) Just because it's old 
Don't make it right. (laughs) We need to question these kind of things. Not just swallow it. Not just, yeah, but so-and-so uses it. Doesn't make it true. Because they use it. (laughs) But we're wading off into it tonight. Aren't we? Am I reading scriptures though? He said you need to cease giving attention to Jewish myths and fables and rules that men made up. Other stuff we should quit listening to. I said it's the stuff we should quit listening to. Go to 1 Timothy the 4th chapter. 1 Timothy 4 and this is the Amplified again. 1 Timothy 4.1 He said, the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith. Why? Why would they turn loose of the faith? Because they got something else. Giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. And if you read the rest of the chapter, he talks about forbidding to marry. He talks about certain dietary things. You got to watch. He calls these teachings doctrines of demons. Some of these very teachings are considered hallowed by some people. Got to watch what we're listening to. What we're giving heed to. Before you let somebody explain, before you think about this for the next three days, where is it in the scriptures? Where is it? (laughs) Verse 13, he tells us what to give attention to. Till I come, give attendance to what? Read your chapter every day. Every day, every, every day, every day, Monday through Friday, that, that's your minimum. That's your minimum. Read, give attendance to what? Reading, reading, the exhortation, which includes preaching and, and teaching. Doctrine is teaching. Give attendance to what? Reading of what? The scriptures. He's talking about the scriptures. Exhorting what? To to the scriptures. Scripture exhortation. Teaching doctrine what? Scripture teaching. Give attendance to that. Not these fables. Not this fiction. Not these rules men have made up. Not these endless genealogies. Not all these questions. See, people are always trying to come up with something new. We found this new code. We, we found this new archaeological discovery. We found this new thing. We found this new thing. We found this new thing. We found the Lord's stick. The stick that he had. The hat that he wore. <laughs> Believe in the hat. Touch the hat. No. 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 Did the Lord ever say anything about his stick or his hat? Then you need to quit listening to that stuff. No, quit listen to that. There always will be something that's the latest, greatest, newest discovery. 
No scripture for it, of course, but hey, it's happening. And people want to get on board. They, they want to be in the latest cutting edge thing and don't want to get left behind. But again, don't want to get left behind. Did you hear that? Don't want to be considered dumb or out of, you know, old fashioned or out of sorts. That's a fear. That's fear. That's fear. I've seen people, good people, jump on board with stuff. This should have been obviously wrong. But because everybody else was on that same thing and it become so popular and you didn't want to be considered to be old fashioned and they just kind of went along with it and then some folks started preaching on it too. Because that's what people wanted to hear. Big mistake. Big mistake. It's the subtlety of the enemy craftily getting you off the word that can do miracles in your life, getting you on to men's junk that will never help you. My, my. Don't give attention to that. Do give attention to the word. Reading the word, hearing the word preached, Hearing the word taught. Is that what he said? Yeah. Give attention to that. Don't give attention to this other stuff. Look at something else. Go to 1 Corinthians. And on the screen, put up Ecclesiastes 7.21. Ecclesiastes 7.21 tells us something else not to listen to. Not pay attention to. He said, take no heed unto all words that are spoken. Lest, we might say, you might hear your servant curse you. (laughs) Or you might hear your kids say something unflattering about you. You might hear a friend trying to snoop, trying to hear everything, checking on their emails. Trying to see their text. Why would you do that? I heard it. Why would you do that? Fear. You don't want anybody tricking me. Don't want anybody fooling me. You're afraid you're going to be fooled. That's no faith. That's no confidence. Let me give you a revelation. I'm getting some concerned looks all over the crowd. People look at me very seriously. Anybody can hide something from you anytime they want to. Anybody can lie to you or try to deceive you anytime. And that doesn't mean you're dumb because somebody betrayed you. That's their failure. Are you listening? You didn't miss it because you weren't aware that they lied to you. They shouldn't have lied to you. And people do not have to be faithful to you. They don't have to remain your friends. They don't have to be loyal to you. You've got no guarantee that they will. You might say, this is not very encouraging, Brother Keith. (laughs) It's reality. They don't have to. 
God will never lie to you. He will never let you down. Now him, you can be sure. Right? Everybody else? You hope so. (laughs) I said you hope so. But if they don't, don't fall off your chair. (laughs) And go, how did this happen? You know how it happened. Have you done it? Then don't act like you don't know how it happened. (laughs) Boy, we're moving right through it tonight, aren't we? (laughs) This fear of somebody's going to hide something from me is fear. And that's all you need to know. If it's fear, leave it alone. Stop it. Stop it. If there's something you really need to know, the Lord will show it to you. It'll come out. Come on, are you with me? That's faith. That faith is a rest. And you need to have this undergirding confidence that no matter what anybody does or don't do, God's going to sustain you. He's going to take care. Is that right? He's going to take care of you. If they don't want to be your friend, God will give you another friend. He'll give you a better friend. Is that right? They don't want to stay with you. Well, God's still going to help you. Amen. I didn't say it would all be without emotional effect. Yeah, you're going to feel some things. You might get angry, upset. You might cry, but you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Somebody say, I can make it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now let's read this again. <laughs> what did it say? Ecclesiastes 7.21 in the NIV. Read the NIV this time. What did it say? Do, there's some things we should pay attention to. And there's some other things we what? We should not pay attention to. We shouldn't listen to. We shouldn't think about. We shouldn't try to find out. Do not pay attention to every word people say. What were they talking about? (laughs) Do you really care? No. Does it really matter that much? No. I think they were talking about me. Well, what if they were? What if they were? (laughs) Don't make it true. Don't make it right. Doesn't identify what you are. You know what you are. Well, I think this or I think that. Don't pay attention to every word that people say. You might hear somebody cussing you. And you don't need to hear that. (laughs) I said you don't need to hear that. (laughs) Verse 22. For you know in your heart many times you yourself has cursed others. If you'll be honest, you have said things that you shouldn't have said. So if they are saying some negative things about you, they're just doing what you did. You should at least be understanding. (laughs) And not a hypocrite. (laughs) Go, I don't like it, but I've done it too. Lord have mercy on them. Have mercy on all of us. (laughs) Right? But 
Where did it start out saying? Don't pay attention. Don't try to hear it. Don't need to find it out. You know, you need to know this if you're going to get up in front of people and preach and talk about the things of God and things that not everybody believes. And if you're going to go on TV and talk about miracles and prosperity. Oh, prosperity. (laughs) As you might imagine, people have said some unkind things about me. Phyllis. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe it. (laughs) But uh, I mean, you know, this has been going on 30 plus years now. Scathing. Just ugly stuff. Just, you know, do the body of Christ a favor and get out of the ministry now. You know, ugly words, literally cuss words. Just, and um, the Lord dealt with me a long time ago. Don't listen to that. All you're doing is giving the enemy an opportunity to hurt you, try to goad you, try to offend you, try to make you mad, something along that line. Because you're thinking, they don't know me. They don't know what I've done or what I hadn't done. Who are they? What gives them the right? All you're doing is playing right into the hands of the enemy. And if that works on you, guess what? The people doing it are going to multiply. Because the enemy is seeing what he's doing to you. And he's going he's to give you all you'll listen to. And we're a fool if we do. Now, if I've missed it, I want to know it and I want to repent. But I should not and you should not take heed. To all words that people are saying. Who are they? I don't know them. They don't know me. How could they even make an intelligent conclusion about me? They know zero about me. So what does it matter? What they're saying. Who are they? Anyway. And over the next thousand years. Will anybody remember? (laughs) Or know that they said something. Or will it matter? Things that are done in the flesh. Things that are done judgmental and vengeful. They fall to the ground. They perish. They don't last. Thank God. And they don't matter. What a lot of these folk are saying and doing doesn't matter. If you won't let it affect you, it is meaningless. Meaningless. It's irrelevant. Don't take heed to all words that are said. You might hear somebody cursing you. And if you did, know that you have said things you shouldn't have said to. 1 Corinthians, please, go there. The uh, 13th chapter. Are, are you still there? Yes. Well, I'm going I'm to give you another one to look at before we go there. Then uh, <laughs> you, you stay at 1 Corinthians 13. Put up on the screen for us Matthew 7, 1 in the NIV. Matthew 7, 1. This goes with what we're talking about. 
Jesus said, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now can you see here, again, you're paying attention to something you ought not be paying attention to. Which is what? The speck of dust in their eye. And you're ignoring what you should be paying attention to, which is the plank in your own eye. (laughs) Can you see this? Focusing on this, paying attention to this, and ignoring this. Yep, pay attention is important, but we need to know what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. Look in 1 Corinthians now. You're ready for it now. 13.5 in the Amplified. 13.5 describing faith's qualities. Excuse me, love. Love's qualities. Love is not conceited. It is not rude. It does not act unbecomingly. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. This is spiritual maturity. This is being actually spiritual. There's no such thing as developing spiritually apart from developing in love. Developing spiritually is developing in God, who is love. So, 1 Corinthians 3, he said, uh, are you not yet carnal because there's strife and envy and division in you? What's the cause of so much strife and envy and division? Paying attention. To what somebody said. What they did. Right? Hmm? I overheard them. So what? Well, I thought they were my friend. Maybe you thought wrong. <laughs> Maybe you just assumed something. That you had no reason to believe. Or. If they really are your friend. Maybe they're having a bad day. And did something stupid. Have you ever been there? Well, give them an opportunity to get it together. Right? And make it right. But if you get hurt, you get bitter, you get mad, and you begin to give it your attention. And you just play and replay and loop and reloop what they said about you, what they did to you. It will sever and destroy your relationship. And it will rob you of your joy and your peace. It will make you weak, which makes you vulnerable. Which is exactly what the enemy wants to do. Take no heed to all words. Pay no attention 
to have suffered wrong. If we grow up, let me let me say it differently. As we grow up, as we somebody agree with me, agree with me. As we grow up and develop, when you walk in love like you're supposed to, people around you who don't know any better will think you're naive. Which years ago would have bothered your pride so bad you couldn't have stood it. But now, because you have grown, you don't care. They think you're naive. You're not trying to prove yourself to them. You're more concerned about what God knows than what anybody else thinks. I had somebody come to me one time, and they said, uh, Brother Keith, did you hear what so-and-so said? I said, yeah. He said, they said such and such and such and such. I said, yeah. He said, don't you know they were talking about you? (laughs) It wasn't nice. I said, no. (laughs) He said, yeah, they were talking about. I said, no, no, no. (laughs) And I know they walked away thinking, that poor simple. But do I care? The Lord told me, take no account. He didn't tell me, get out my little book and go, I got your number. You just wait. I'll be laying for you, buddy. One of these days you may want something from me too. I got you. Taking account is an accounting term that means you recorded it. I got it. It was on the 2nd, and it was at 3.30 in the afternoon, and I wrote down exactly what that old rascal heifer said. <laughs> Low down, supposed to be a Christian. But what about you? Supposed to be a Christian. Taking account of suffered wrongs, judging, holding a grudge. You've already lost your joy, already lost your peace. Can you see this? There are things, if we had wisdom about us, we would ignore it. We'd just let it roll right off of us. We would ignore it. We'd refuse to talk about it. We'd refuse to listen to it. We would take no account of it. Because it's going to affect the way you interact with other people. You can't be bitter and hurt and mad and be a good friend. Like you're supposed to be a good be a good mother. Be a good it's going to affect you. Dealing with your kids. You're going to be too edgy. You're going to be too hard. It's going to affect you with your spouse. Are you listening? It's going to affect your faith. That's why the enemy's always trying to do this. But if you just go, ah, psh. <laughs> my grandmother used to do that all the time. I didn't know how spiritual it was. <laughs> I really didn't. I had no idea how tremendously spiritual she was being. She was secretary and treasurer and Sunday school teacher at the Pentecostal church there for psh, 60 years. You know, trained multiple generations. And, but she didn't abide by all their 
rules necessarily. They had a bunch of rules. And so then if she didn't abide by one of their rules, oh man, it was said that so-and-so said about her and about this and about that. And if I was there as a little boy sometimes when it would come back around and she'd go, oh, don't pay no attention to that. And she wouldn't. She'd just go in and make some rice pudding, chicken and dumplings. Make the grandkids happy. Isn't that better than sitting around or getting on the phone and trying to run it down? And did they really say? And and who said who? Were you there? Who said? Well, no, let me call them. You are paying attention and you are taking account. And it's hurting you. It's hurting you. It's chewing you up. I don't care if somebody's looking you in the face, insulting you. What does it really matter? Especially if they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't know you. It's really pitiful. I said, it's really pitiful to be that foolish. So you just look at them and smile. I used to say, if you really walk in faith the way that you should, I said, uh, faith, love the way that you should, which it takes faith to do this. People may think you're uh, naive and clueless. If somebody comes up and slaps you, you could just back up and go, did you trip? Did you, did you trip? You tripped and your hand fell across my face. You poor naive. No, no, it ain't naive. Love chooses to believe the best. And unless you prove me otherwise, I'm going to keep believing the best about you. But what if you're wrong? What if they're a snake in the grass? Well, they were before and they still will be after. And I never was in control of them. Nor were you. Come on, are you listening? And no, that's, that's going to be between them and God. But I don't have to let it get in me. And poison me and defile me and rob me of my joy and my peace. Just look at them, smile, like you don't know any better. Huh? And just go, yeah, y'all, y'all have a good one. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to agree on everything. Okay. Still love you. God loves you. I had a fellow one time actually chased me down the hall of a place where I was speaking. Railing. Oh, he was hot. He said, it ain't right. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. All that stuff you're saying, it ain't right. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like you. I turned around. I said, you just don't know me. <laughs> if you knew me, you'd like me. Oh, I think that made him more mad than, than the other deal. But. Why do I have to get embroiled in it? Now, your flesh will get pulled. I'm not saying it won't. Your flesh can really be pulled, but that's how, are you going to be spiritual? Are you going to be carnal? If you're going to be spiritual, you don't yield to those feelings of anger and resentment and wanting to hold a grudge and all that kind of stuff. There are things you should listen to, pay attention to. There are things you should ignore and say, I don't want to hear it. That includes your loved ones. Huh? They want to talk about it. Just say, no, no, I, I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, 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 I don't. 
I don't want to talk. And if they bring it again five minutes later, said, no, I said, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk. And, and if, if they won't quit, get away from them. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, friends, this will shut the door on what the enemy is trying to do in that situation. It will just shut the door. And you'll stay strong. You'll walk in love. Faith works by love. Your faith will work. You won't have all that stuff to keep trying to cast down because you didn't let it get in there to start with. People can do what they're going to do. But you can keep your joy. You can keep your peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I've seen situations where people talked about, they talked bad about us. And 20 years later, they came full circle. They came back and said, you know, I shouldn't have said all that. I didn't know what I was talking about. Would you forgive me? Sure, sure. No problem. We already, already did by faith. We didn't hold it against you. You know, Phyllis mentioned uh, last weekend that she dealt there at Ramah with a lot of the problems. And uh, I don't, I, there must have been, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, I don't know, different ones over the years that have seen her come to her and said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said and did the thing. And, and a lot of times she'll say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because she really doesn't. She, she let it go. She put it out. They were disrespectful to her. They were ugly this or that. And it is such freedom to act like God and forget. God has the ability to forget. Is that right? He said, your sins and iniquities, what? I, I won't remember. So, Mr. how does he do that? He's God. If he says he doesn't remember, believe him. You can do it too. You, but the way you do it is by refusing to talk about it, think about it, just shutting it out. And over a period of time, it'll go completely away from you. This has happened, I don't know how many times. It's a, you know, I, I was kind of hesitant about seeing you again today. And she says, what? Well, you remember that old thing? She said, no, I don't. And she really didn't. I mean, on the way home, she said, I can't think what they're talking about. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you're forgiven... You're forgiven. You're the washed or you're not. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to stay in the truth. I'm going to live in the truth. Abide in the truth. And it'll make me free. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, we do went a little different way than what I thought tonight, but... Uh, I believe it was right, don't you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Just close your eyes and focus on Him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Sit out loud, Lord. I cast all my cares on you, every one of them. I cast it all on you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.